Today we're gonna have a bit of a girly chat and talk about intersectionality. The worst things about being a girl. What I don't want to talk about is because this topic is so sensitive for everybody. She could not make a public address. Why? Because she's a woman. I just have some things I really need to address. I'm gonna keep saying loud and clearly that I am a feminist. I am a devout feminist. I don't hate men. I love men. Young girls and women around the world. They don't have power over your life unless you give them that power. I think it's time for women to actually have a voice. Hi, this is Girl Talk. We're finally back. And today we're going to be talking about pornography. A very Christmassy <laughs> theme. <laughs> and uh, so we have two guests today. We have Alex. Hello. And we have Patrick. Hi. Okay, so the first question I want to ask everyone is, do you guys watch porn? Or have you ever watched porn? I've never watched porn. Okay. This is That's such a surprise. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you shouldn't be sorry. It's, 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 it's yeah. weird. But it is weird. If you, yeah. yeah. And we all have like an expectation at this point that everyone is just... You're, you're pure. <laughs> you're like... <laughs> Okay, but I assume everyone else has. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, what age have you started watching porn at? Ooh. Ooh. Um, Good um, I think that I was 12 the first time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Agreed, me too, I was 12, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time, it was, well, no. <laughs> um, we, me and my friend watched porn by accident when okay. we were like um, eight. Wait, how did it happen? But I don't. I really, I really don't know. Genuinely, is it like an ad pops up and then I think so. Yeah, I think it was like an advert, and it was like pretty intense as well. There was was a lot going on. Was Um, it like straight into the? mm -mm, It was was just like the thing is, there was no penetration. Oh, (laughs) it was um. There was a. I'm not gonna detail this point yeah. to you, but there was a lot of there was a lot of people. Obviously, it's very memorable, and it was like it seemed like a very specific like fetish thing was going on. Wait, oh, wait so what age was that? Uh, about eight. Eight. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Nice. But I started watching porn when I was fourteen. Okay. okay. Yeah, I think I was also like twelve to fourteen. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think I was about that age as well. But actually, kind of another similar thing of. I saw it when I was younger, about I think eight or nine. It was actually um, so in my school, some like people from the years above actually like showed the younger yeah. kids porn. It was kind of oh, like that oh, kind of, oh, I know oh, that really kind of education. traumatizing kind of thing. Yeah. But yes, I know was, what you mean. That that happens a lot in like boys like changing rooms, mm, or at least where I came yes, from. It's like definitely. guys will just like put it up on Facebook. Like it was like such so immature, but it's like you like you chase people around with porn and stuff. Oh my just God. Like, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like ridiculous, but imagine yeah, happens. that happening in like girls' changing rooms. <laughs> Yeah, but like I remember like when I was in secondary school, all the boys were talking about like the stars, like the female actors. Yes, porn porn, porn porn stars. Yeah. yeah. And they they love Japanese porn. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Not surprised. No, but I remember like in middle school, I think, yeah, around the age of 12, there were like boys that were playing porn like without volume uh, in class. Just like they were like hiding behind the desk and we girls were like, teacher, they're playing porn. (laughs) Yeah, it was was quite outrageous. Like, don't do it in class in front of other people. It's it's weird. But I think we can all agree that our first kind of experience with porn was a very kind of mainstream, like porn Hub, mm-hmm. Red Tube, one of those maybe. Those sort of sites, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Faithful to you, porn. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think like 
you know, as feminists, mm-hmm. we shouldn't be... Well, I, I'm not going to say, you know, what we should or we shouldn't do. But I personally believe that we... Like, porn is a way of expressing sexuality. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's not, like, a bad thing. But my problem, personally, is with the mainstream porn and what it kind of teaches us and what it shows us. So Patrick and I had a little discussion about this on the way. We just wanted to make it clear, what do you define as mainstream mm. porn? Because okay. we think that's quite a difficult yeah. question. Yeah, by mainstream porn, I mean, uh, well, literally, like, those sites like Pornhub and RedTube. But see, even I feel like the... Uh, like, I know that there are, there, there are some kind of, you know, s- smaller subsections that might not be defined as mainstream yeah. on those sites, but the majority of the videos are. But see, so we were saying, for example, one of the biggest categories on Pornhub is like amateur porn, right? Mm-hmm. But you would never think of amateur porn as mainstream because it's not made by a studio or whatever, it's just mm-hmm. two people filming each other, right? Uh, and yeah, amateur is like one of the most popular categories on there. So doesn't that then make it mainstream? Yes, it does. Okay, I so do you have a problem with yes, that? Yes, yeah. I do. Narrative I, yes, it's the narrative that is presented on, I don't know why, but these specific sites, I mean, I have an idea why, because like that's apparently what men want to see, <laughs> or that is the idea that the producers have of mm. that being what men want to see. But let's like talk about the narrative, and it's like these specific narratives that I personally have mm. a problem with. So um, yesterday I went on Pornhub, but not to like watch porn to but study but for like actual research purposes because I'm honestly never watching it up there again um, so uh, I went on like the hottest videos of the day and let's just look at some amazing titles unexperienced cuties used like cheap hookers <laughs> oh god love that there were lots of like photos like you know kind of uh, images for yeah. the videos of uh, like POV shots of uh, women sucking dick which we love of course um, <laughs> another title was teen deep throat big cock and common face <laughs> amazing teen kitty oh uh, this is my favorite girl possessed by a demon succumbs on halloween night and that's pretty creative with, yeah. a, with a photo of her sucking a guy's dick <laughs> <laughs> Uh, her first time, painful anal. She couldn't stand it. Jesus. Yeah, and no, this, is, this, is, what, this is what I have a problem with. Mm. The kind of narrative that is mm. created in mainstream porn. And this is the kind of narrative that I think most people, yeah. unless they really think about it, are exposed to. And that's mm. definitely the kind of narrative I was exposed to mm-hmm. yeah. in my first few like years of experience with porn. And so would you say that then the problem with that narrative is the way it makes people think about sex in real life? And that's your kind of issue. I think it's, yeah. I mean, I mean it does have effects on it real life. It definitely has effects Because it creates expectations of sex and expectation of women and their experience of sex. Yeah, I think the problem is that this, like porn, it's not just, you know, like sexually arousing videos. Like it is also a kind of discourse. Mm-hmm. And this discourse teaches us how... It teaches us about our kind of sexual values. It teaches us about sexuality and about people's positions, both like in sex and not like sexual positions. (laughs) (laughs) Like people's roles uh, and gender roles in sex. But also in in ordinary life as well. I mean, Mm. there are so many videos of like... Oh, like uh, horny housewives and like oh, like no, also sexy it's sho- nannies. shocking. All this like obsession with teenagers, yes, yes. and young Actually, girls teen, being abused. Teen is the second largest category on Pornhub after porn stars. Mm-hmm. And like the porn stars, like they portray like teens, are not even teenagers. But, it's, it, but the fact that like people want to see like yeah. teens, that is, 
it's wrong. Yeah. 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 But do you not think that? So yeah, I'm not saying that it yeah, isn't yeah. wrong. Of course, I'm just playing devil's advocate. But um, do you not think that porn is a place for fantasy explicitly? I think that yeah, that is actually one of the kind of arguments that goes, you know, for these kind of spaces. That yeah, you know, it is supposed to be a free space for expressing fantasy that you wouldn't necessarily do in real life. But I think the problem is that it's not that simple, and we can't just say that this is a space for fantasy. When there is clear evidence that this fantasy extends into real life, and I, f- I strongly believe that it extends to the way that women see themselves as, and how men treat women, both sexually and non-sexually. Are you aware that there was a study where they found in America that in certain towns a ten percent increase in net usage and porn access resulted in a seven percent decrease in reported rapes? That's interesting, but also now, reported. <laughs> kind well, of. sure, but um, I mean, there's no reason to believe that reported rapes, in the sense that, like, okay, so yeah, obviously some rapes go unreported, yeah, yeah. but reported rapes increasing or decreasing, it's still a valid statistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying that this study is conclusive because obviously it's just correlation. Mm-hmm. There's not necessarily any causation. Uh, but it's an interesting idea. For example, it, along the same lines of, oh, if you watch violent movies, you become a violent person. If you play mm-hmm. violent video games, you become a violent person. Which I don't think is necessarily true. And mm-hmm. yet, a lot of people jump to that conclusion. Yeah. No, so you're I, saying I guess that you like it's like a way of uh, channeling those desires yes. and those um, fantasies and portray- mm-hmm. instead of actually like. Yeah. doing them and actually carrying them out is just like through seeing you satisfy your design yeah a lot of people have phrased it as kind of like a steam valve uh, mm, releasing yeah. pressure um, and in fact I watched there was a documentary a, a while ago just on BBC News and it was talking about uh, the porn industry in Japan mm-hmm. uh, specifically about hentai and stuff uh, and they interviewed a guy who sells hentai and specifically hentai which has these you know very young girls mm-hmm. which are not often explicitly said to be children but are very clearly yeah. kind of this hentai child pornography and you know the reporter was shocked at it and asked this guy you know why on earth would you sell any of this kind of stuff and he says you know it's comic books it's cartoons it's not actual child pornography mm-hmm. it's not hurting anybody and the reporter was kind of stunned by that and didn't really have a comeback and I think I don't know I'm not saying I necessarily agree but it's an interesting idea that you know he believes he's not doing any harm because he's simply providing an outlet for people who might actually in real life commit these crimes instead turn to you know porn and the internet yeah I guess but that is like in that specific debate I feel like it's very it's there's like a very fine line Mm -hmm. so like you know if a person for example you know is into like child porn but he doesn't actually commit the crime and he doesn't watch like actual child pornography but he watches like Mm. hentai for example it's a, it's a very fine line between like saying that like he's a pedo- pedophile and he poses a threat to society and saying that like oh but he's not actually because he's I just mean there's still some kind of deviation so I mean child porn is I kind of think should be separated from this kind of yeah thing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah child porn sure. there's a big difference between yeah, like, yeah, child yeah, porn yeah. and, and porn, you know, porn is no, legal sure. you've got to remember I mean yeah, child no, porn is not no but at the same reminding us sometimes we all forget. But at the same time, like, I feel like there, there is, like, a kind of parallel. So, like, you know, if a pedophile watching child porn is uh, not child porn, but cartoon child porn is not necessarily hurting anyone. Yeah. And in the same way as a man watching, like, really aggressive, uh, misogynistic porn mm. isn't actually, like, hurting, uh, yeah. hurting anyone through it. Yeah. 
But like I I feel like that's not like the case. Just because I maybe feel like the act yeah. is is already like Yeah, it's it has already been perpetrated because like yeah. it's it's so um, eradicated in our yeah. mentality that it, this is okay. And this is like what we're used to watch and what we're like the type of narrative that we're used to see. That we we don't even question it. We we're 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 right to the point of thanking it because oh, if they watch that, they don't rape girls. Oh thank you. Yeah. So I, I think it's a fact, bit absurd at this point. But I mean time. the fact that they like men would find these kind of and I mean a lot of mainstream porn has a lot of very violent like mm-hmm. subtexts. Mm-hmm. And it's it, to the point where it seems like I mean just like from this title of her first time painful anal she couldn't stand it and a man clearly getting a lot of sexual gratification from this i mean it, which it is not sh- like bdsm that's yeah. another thing it shows this that is there's just a like problem the pleasure and humiliation yeah and yeah. just like how is that like how is that healthy even as a fantasy uh first of all i disagree that it's not bdsm i think that, that i think that's overlap into bdsm or at least it's feeding the same urges that bdsm satisfies it's just mm. not explicitly bdsm mm. and also again something that i feel like patrick and i also talked about before and um we talk about just, this a lot don't no, you know yeah, we're preparing we're preparing no um anyway so um we talked about kind of chicken and the egg in mm-hmm. the sense that did the porn industry do this. That's not good. Sorry, that's such a good. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry, chicken egg. I'm a bit, a bit, I'm a bit new to this. What is that? Oh, like uh, so the check. Walking on K first. Oh, like, yeah. Just, <laughs> I just thought it was quite funny. Like, in the, I, uh, I, 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 know, I was since, a bit. Since, I, since I was thinking laughed. full circle. More, I just but, assumed. I just oh, assumed. Yeah. Sorry, I'll start again. So you know, in terms of walking first, um, I get it. It's like, uh, it's like sometimes it actually happens, and that's why it appears in the porn. Yeah. Exactly. It's kind of. So, to what extent have men always wanted this, and mm. porn is just mm. feeding that demand, which does then lead to a kind of uh, yeah. snake eating itself yeah. of kind mm-hmm. of uh, rapidly, m- more increasingly graphic and um, violent kind of desires being channeled, uh, or has the porn industry created these kind of desires and then, again, end uh, endless cycle? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a bit of both because obviously, mm. like porn is providing a product. Like these porn sites and porn production companies, they're providing a product, so obviously they have to satisfy like the customers. Yeah. And for some reason, they think from like whatever research they do that this is exactly what their customers want. Mm. Whatever but, research they do. But the, I think the problem is that like of the industry as a whole, like forget like who started this. Like was it the customer or the company? Like it has to stop. Mm. And like we've come to a point where this is normal for whatever reason, because like, yeah, and this is not okay. I think uh, it's strange for you to suggest that this is a modern phenomenon in that Mm. if you go back to the golden age of porn in like 1970s or whatever, you look at like these old <laughs> porno films, it's much the same like attitude actually. Like yeah, no, you I... think about like uh, 1970s films like um, Deep Rose, the most mm-hmm. famous one with Linda Lovelace. Uh, and that film is literally about how a doctor tells Linda Lovelace that she can only achieve orgasm in her throat. Yeah. And like, it's just, it's like completely yeah, yeah. ridiculous. No, no, I'm, I'm um, not saying that it's a modern phenomenon. Yeah. I mean, it's been mm. a phenomenon ever since like porn started. Yeah. And which was, you know, back back in the days, like yeah. the end of the 1800s. Mm. Mm. Right, but and so what I mean by that then is that if it's always been this way, doesn't that mean that there's no point in trying to suggest a change because it seems like the fundamental roots of pornography are in these deeply kind of sexist and misogynistic um, 
views um, and that porn has been this way and will always be this way. I mean, there are alternatives, but it seems like mainstream porn... Um, I agree, but that's the point. Like, if we just say that, like, this is the mainstream and that's the way it's going to be, like, for me, that is not good enough. Like, porn is fueling this kind of misogyny and these kind of representations. Like, right now, in the past 10 years, representations have been looked over, like, everywhere else, in the workplace, in film, everywhere except for porn. And, like, the world is, you know, moving forward, we're progressing, but porn is not. Yes. And that is the problem. Like also there, because it's still there is considered a as a male thing, like something that has to satisfy males. So I don't think they're gonna like they don't change it because they're like, what's the point of changing it? It's not for women, so we're not adapting it to you. Mm-hmm. We're keeping it's our thing, so we're keeping it like this way, the yeah. way we like it, which is absurd because it excludes the it excludes the, uh, whatever. <laughs> it takes it takes us out from like as a viewer. Yeah, yeah. we're not considered yeah. as a viewer. Yeah, I mean, I and a buyer, know. we buy it, dude. Yeah. We have good money. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if this is like, I mean, if it must change inside, you know, the, the side of it. But um, mm-hmm. I mean, if there's something I'm interested, in, you know, your response to this would be um, in this YouTube series that we watch called People People Watching. We're watching this, um, this is character that raises an interesting point of can I watch porn and still be a feminist? Mm-hmm. So I, I think you can definitely so still watch porn and was. be a feminist. But just don't watch this kind of porn. Like, there are alternatives out there. Seek them out. So when you're hard on porn, you're just... Um, that was, sorry, that was really... That was, that was, <laughs> that was crazy. Great. That was so great. <laughs> so many times like that. But when you're hard on porn, then, so you're just... But then do you... That becomes a matter of taste, to a certain extent, of what defies kind of the porn that you want to see. That becomes an individual kind of objective point of view of you to say, I, well, I want this porn's okay, we can have this, but we can't have that. Where, is, where does the line cross, you know, for you personally? For example, um, you guys are, uh, are saying that mainstream porn is different to BDSM, mm-hmm. whereas I'm saying it's feeding those same urges. And I notice that you say that in a way that where it's like, oh, BDSM is okay, because that's people accepting mm-hmm. that they have those urges and kind of feeding them in a safe way. I think porn is very similar to that. In fact, I think it's kind of strange to me that people don't see that actually mainstream porn and BDSM is very similar, and in fact, there is overlap. I completely disagree. Yeah, BDSM, like, at the end of the day, it is all about consent. Yeah. It is, yeah, it is, you know, you have the kind of the dominant and the submissive. But it's not like the submissive, you know, wants to feel pain. Like, yeah, you know, obviously that is like a part of BDSM, but there is complete consent from both but sides. Sorry, no, you Question, what's BDSM? Okay, BDSM is... Uh, T- tying up and... I feel like... I don't know. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifty Shades, Fifty Shades of Grey, basically. Yeah, sadistic, masochistic, this kind of know. Okay, but getting back to it. So BDSM is being all about consent, and I agree completely mm-hmm. but um there are definitely facets of bdsm which get off on the idea of the fantasy of non-consent in the sense that it's consensual non-consent and yes so, but it is still consensual so, and yeah. i i think like those people who i mean the reason you know sometimes it gets very violent and but the reason it, it doesn't like cross any boundaries is because there is this consent and there is respect from these two people towards each other right, and towards yes. Consent. But, well, in like, you know, your average mainstream, I mean, you read out certain titles that, you know, mm-hmm. do, do suggest obviously non-consent and really kind of, obviously, I, you know, I think they're terrible and like, disgusting. 
But to say then that everything within mainstream porn is linked around non-consent, you know, is, isn't true. I mean, no, just no, that. No, just no, that. Just oh, that I'm, I'm just saying, for, I mean, you're we're, picking on we're individual talking, narratives. Yeah, we're talking on specifically the BDSM narrative, right? Right, but so or a, or I'm saying. Or an aggressive narrative. So I'm saying, yeah, so BDSM is about consent, but it's also about consensual non consent. And so what I'm saying is that mainstream porn feeds those same urges for consensual non consent in the sense that when you watch porn, you know it's fake and you know it's not real, but it presents this fantasy of like painful first time anal or whatever when like obviously you know it's not painful because she's a porn star, she's done it a thousand times or whatever. And so again, it's like, it's yeah, but, feeding that fantasy. Yeah, but you forget that like. BDSM lifestyle is something that people actually have, like, actually practice. Mm. And it's not just a fantasy that you see in porn. It's something that happens in real life, just as anal, just as any type of sex. It really does happen. And guess where guess where they take inspiration from for, like... Like, they look at porn and they try to imitate it. And because they do these kind of things in their lives. And if they see this kind of behavior... Like, it is not based on respect and it's not based on the idea that we are equals, like, in the sexual action. Obviously, they're going to repeat that and they're going to they're gonna fantasize about it. And I think there is a fine line and there is a limit between uh, fantasizing about uh, pain, humiliation, whatever, because it's a natural form of desire for a human being. But there is another thing in... I think there is, like, a big difference... I, I'm I'm getting lost, but I'm just like there's a big difference with that between that and just enjoying people's passivity and just think I don't know like humiliation without their consent without their consent yeah right so this is the, the tricky thing because I think that BDSM appeals to those urges of like non-consent with the safety of there being consent yeah. What I'm saying is that I know that mainstream porn isn't the same because mm-hmm. you don't have that safety of consent. But is it not feeding that same slightly like primal, primitive kind of urge? Is it I mean, not? It's a, similar? it's a good question. I think you can still feed it with um, a few. I mean, I'm you can a, still feed it in a certain yeah. way. Like the, th- the thing that I'm I'm curious about is asking like a couple who actually like proper practice like hardcore BDSM and to find out their opinion about yeah. like one of these kind of mainstream videos because I feel like that corresponds in no way to their true practices mm-hmm. and that is not the kind of satis- that is not the way for them to get satisfaction out of it but obviously I can't yeah really, you can't, I can't say really, you don't, you don't I can't know really I mean, it's not unless yeah. <laughs> sorry <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I can say from my personal experience the fact that no 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 <laughs> it's another, another, no, another thing like as a watcher as a porn watcher and enjoyer I've been watching mainstream porn for my whole life since I was 12 and I've always thought that I liked it to be honest it was the only thing I was watching and I genuinely thought I liked it it aroused me I used it for personal pleasure so I thought it worked but I had this feeling of guilt every time I watched it and it triggered in me so many mixed feelings. Like, I shouldn't be watching this. Why am I watching this? I would feel dirty after watching it. Which is something I don't feel when I have sex or when I have expressed my sexuality. While watching these kind of porn films would end up making me feel like that. Like I was, I was dirty. 
But then I discovered non-mainstream porn, a kind of porn that is like more respectful, and it made me feel empowered. It made my, it made me feel like my sexuality was worth it, that my sexuality was relevant, and that it was okay, that even my dirtiest fantasies were not wrong. So I think this is like what made the great change and what made me think I can never go back to mainstream porn because despite liking it, despite having sexual arousal from it, because like it does work, it does feed the fantasies, it does because it it is made for that purpose. At the same time, it is wrong and deep down inside, I cannot not notice it. So I just still can't get over this thing of, of mainstream because the way like Pornhub is, you're, you're suggesting that Pornhub is mainstream. Mm-hmm. I don't see Pornhub as, well, I mean, would you view, I know it's kind of a crude comparison, but would you view, for example, YouTube as mainstream, just the entirety of YouTube? Because that's kind of the suggestion you're making. Yes, it, but it's why a search, is... It's a search engine mm-hmm. for, you know, all these different categories. And within that categories, there yeah. will be examples are... of... Why is it that like literally throughout all of the years that I had used Pornhub, I've never come across like one of such examples? Mm. Definitely, it's a, <clears throat> definitely it's a more recent phenomenon, I think. Um, Pornhub have started diversifying and adding like, yeah. but like it's still problematic in the sense that they have like women's porn yeah. as a category and like mm, gay yeah. porn as a category. And so it's like separating it off as its own thing compared to the rest of porn, which is basically mm-hmm. only appealing to men and kind of appeals to that immediate gratification. And I think like what you were talking about with your experience, it's so funny because I can't relate to that. And I think that is part of like being a woman is that like, I mean, I'm just speaking for you. At yeah. that point. But like <laughs> saying ahead. that like definitely this mainstream porn, I Porn's completely blaming. agree <laughs> that I completely agree that the way it's filmed and the way it's presented to you appeals to that immediate gratification, which relates to the male sexual experience, which just isn't what the majority of women I, I think uh, no, but that's like... the thing I, I want to disagree because there is like uh, like you know we can get off of just you know watching the kind of no yeah sorry I didn't mean no no but I get what you mean I get what you mean that obviously you know we might have a slightly different like men and women might have a different perception which is why this kind of porn appeals to you but I feel like this kind of porn appeals to you because it was made for you mm. it's very clearly made like for men yeah Mm. And it wasn't made for us. Yeah, exactly. and ha- and it's like you know how can we enjoy something that wasn't made for us? But I feel like the kind of female uh, mm-hmm. porn that is made, yeah, it it appeals to both sexes. Mm. Like just because the only thing that it does, it gives like a more kind of objective view. First of all, mm-hmm. so there's like there's not really a lot of kind of. POVs of the guy looking down at the girl sucking his dick, which is obviously, I mean, yeah. Uh, But also, it doesn't, like, objectify us to that extent. And it gives us our own sexual agency, and it makes us feel like we're people and not just there to, like, suck the guy's dick and let him come on our faces. Sure. I mean, it's, I mean, again, like, well, again, we haven't, like, I, like, I speak for you as well, so I feel like (laughs) I should be, I, I haven't, like, viewed any of this 
like what you class as female porn. I mean, it's interesting that it's called the, female the porn. It's not it's no, called female porn. Oh, is it not? Okay, no, 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 I thought no, it was like a category. Okay, no, no, it's not you're a category. Calling it female. Okay, there so is, there is a, a category on Pornhub which is called something like porn for women. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it, it's just exactly. like it's just like romanticized. Yeah, porn. literally, all yeah, it is is exactly what they show to men. But there's a little bit more kissing. But at the beginning, yeah, they give you like a little bit of a storyline and they actually love each other. It's quite typical. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I completely agree with that point. I completely agree with the idea that um, all these porn sites are 100% designed for men and probably only appeal to men in a lot of cases. Um, and I think that is kind of part of the issue is that sites like Pornhub need to not just have, like, women's porn as, like, a subcategory yeah. and need to start, like promoting that, expanding that, and like, because it's, it's weird because whenever Pornhub is challenged or people that mm -hmm. like porn are challenged, they often quote statistics where it says like, oh yeah, 50% of women also watch porn, or they say, yeah, women watch porn too, so it can't yeah, be that. Yeah, actually, Surprising. But, like, about like statistics, so I did read the statistics yeah. for last year, and it was really interesting to find that the majority of the searches made by women on Pornhub were in the lesbian section. Yeah. And right. I think that's really interesting because, I mean, Okay, let's be honest, like the lesbian porn on Pornhub, it is not that much different to the straight porn. And oh, that it wasn't it's made for made women, for it was no, made, made for yeah, men. Completely, but the thing that I guess it does incorporate is like female sexual pleasure, which, wow, it exists. What? Amazing. Um, so I guess maybe that's why a lot of women go for it. And I remember like when I was using Pornhub, I would go for yeah, it too. Right. Although it was, very, it was very difficult to find yeah. something that is Yeah, not, you had like, to tailor the search. But it was the yeah. only, I remember it because it was the only one who would actually show female pleasure and yeah. like mm -hmm. an, a real orgasm, real, well, uh, the closest <laughs> thing to a real orgasm yeah. or just like, it was a bit more realistic because it wasn't just, I wouldn't say aggressive, but it wasn't just like, the narrative was slightly, uh, slightly different yeah. and obviously it, still being tailored for men, it was still not like too much on men's pers perspective so it was the only porn that we could watch without feeling like like right while feeling that we were considered as well yeah yeah i mean there's not the like power dynamic mm -hmm. that there is then i guess male and female porn yeah but i think i mean like that it, it's such a problem that female sexuality is completely like excluded from mainstream porn because like what does that teach like mm. young girls mm -hmm. yeah. i know for a fact it didn't teach me anything good yeah. That's, like, a, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying is that like, you know, people like to quote that stati these statistics mm -hmm. of like women watch porn too. And yet the site is doing nothing to accommodate women. Mm -hmm. And that's like the central issue is that they feel like they feel like they're doing nothing wrong because women are watching the sites, but they're not really thinking about how they can accommodate them better. And yeah. that's kind of I think the problem also is that these kind of sites, I mean, they're, you know, they're the they're the largest like porn sites where the majority of the people who don't really want to think a lot about this kind of stuff they just go on that and i mean if you're not given a choice there then that's all you're gonna ever know yeah and it's such a shame because you just can't imagine the amount of women that watch that kind of stuff and think that's all there is if yeah you know what i mean and they're not 
they're not they're not free to fully explore their sexuality in the way that they should be and that's why like i feel it's like what you were saying i really agreed with where you were saying that um it's interesting that we're holding all other art form art forms to like higher standards mm-hmm. and yet porn is just not being held to any kind of standards because probably because it straddles a line straddles a line of legality which is like difficult to talk mm-hmm. about um but yeah it's not being held to any kind of standards it's just doing its own thing uh, and as a result, it's not being asked to change. And that's kind of the problem, I think. Yeah, also because, like, it, it shapes expectation for for women, not just, like, men that have expectation for women, and women themselves that have ex- ex- uh, expectations for themselves. Like, you watch this porn and you, you think that you have to be like that, that you have to act in certain ways, you have to do certain things yeah. that maybe don't relate at all to you. So they become your fantasies, but like in a very twisted way. Yeah, because that's not what you actually want. It's what you think that you should want. And it's what you think that a guy wants as well. Mm -hmm. And so if you want it, you're going to please the guy. So like at the end of the day, all you're concerned about is about pleasing the guy. (laughs) And that is... Even indirectly, even thinking that you're actually pleasing yourself. Yeah, by pleasing the guy. And I think from from a male perspective as well, it can be damaging in that there are so many cases of like men who can't get into relationships and so they just keep going back to watching porn and they keep building this this weird idea of a woman as basically like a cum receptacle yeah. and they yeah. just don't even they like don't even consider them as human beings because it's just this endless cycle of mm-hmm. I can't get with girls so I watch more porn mm-hmm. I can't get with girls because I'm watching so much porn so I go back to watching porn yeah. it's just this endless cycle mm-hmm. and it's really uh, dangerous to both men and yeah. women that's exactly why I feel like you know you can't just separate porn from real life no. Like, I feel like it's a very big part of real life. And yes, yeah, some people can have a more, like, clearer boundary to others, but there are a lot of people who can't yeah. really. I, res- I don't want to sound like I'm contradicting myself. I do mm-hmm. still believe that, like, it only affects real life to an extent, yeah. but I'm not going to pretend like it doesn't mm-hmm. affect real life. Of course, there's kind of desensitization, which comes with watching so much porn. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of theories out there that um, basically, like, the more porn you watch, the amount of dopamine that gets released in your brain decreases, and so you keep watching more explicit, more graphic, more violent porn in order to get that same rush yeah. of dopamine. Yeah, yeah. And so that's how people end up watching, you know, extreme, like, rape porn and child porn mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And at the stuff. same time, in real life, it might be more difficult to have, like, real pleasure, mm-hmm. like, in real sexual situations... Yeah. So it will complicate yeah. your sex life as well. Yeah. But, uh, and this is like why I'm like on the devil's advocate side slightly, uh, having just said that about dopamine, there is actually no solid evidence for that. Mm-hmm. In fact, a lot of scientists have come out and said that all the evidence supposedly supporting it is purely based on correlation and that there's no causation. And that it's perfectly possible that people that start watching this more extreme porn actually had kind of brain defects or whatever to mm-hmm. begin with and that it was nothing to do with the porn. The porn simply kind of was an outlet for yeah. them. Yeah. So it, it's a very difficult, in fact, when I was doing research for the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, there all the studies are really non-conclusive because mm-hmm. all the data is purely correlation, um, you know, saying that, like, the more porn you watch, like, uh, your brain matter gets, like, diseased yeah. and stuff. And it's, like, complete bullshit. There's absolutely no link, but people are just doing all these correlational yeah. studies. Yeah. Also, I think it's very difficult to find a pattern in something so individual and specific yeah. for every Personal. person because, like, yeah. every person is not just, like, different from the other but it watches different things and likes different and has a different upbringing yeah. that leads to different fantasies so it's it's much more complex than what it seems i'll tell you, I'll tell you what um talk about <clears throat> you know women's like sexual freedom and mm-hmm. liberation uh the other side of that is uh the propaganda against porn which means that women just 
don't watch porn at all and then that can also be like kind of saddening in that they they don't feel free so i was doing it again like research i was mm-hmm. um there was this catholic site uh, that yeah. was basically <laughs> so bad. We I will love try, the Catholics here. Uh, I will try. And in fact, it was the thing about like diseased brain matter that I was talking about. It's like mm. it was talking about this study where it's like frequent pornography use in men was associated with decreased brain matter in certain areas <laughs> of the brain. The abstract explained that the association may be causation, not correlation, which means that if porn isn't shrinking your brain, it would mean that people with small brains like porn more. Oh wow! Exactly. And, and like, what an just such bullshit science that goes on with, with like these, you know, these Catholic like um, extreme religious yeah. people um, that are basically just blatantly using their ideology to attack things that they disagree with or don't like. And I feel like that's something people don't talk about: is that then people who are religious and Catholic feel like they can't watch porn because they see, you know, these big leaders saying like taking a stand on it, and saying yeah. just generalizing and saying all of it is bad when like the truth is far more complicated that there is actually porn which I think people should watch as, yeah, as we've been sure, saying sure. and that it's a shame that there are probably both men and women who feel like they can't because they belong to a certain cause or religion when actually they they should because it can be really freeing and liberating and can those two words mean the same thing yeah. uh, but <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, for Catholics, masturbation is a sin. So yeah, they were yeah. a bit contradicting themselves. A bit. Well, they've been doing that for like a lot of centuries. Yeah, so I guess diddly. they can agree on porn. In China, there are so many girls, they, they read like, like stories, like no novels that mm-hmm. that tells like sexual stories yeah. between men and women so mm-hmm. it's like like girls don't really watch porns mm-hmm. but i think they read a lot of these kind of mm-hmm. novels fictions yeah i yeah. think personally i think like it makes complete sense and it's the same reason why uh women apparently look for lesbian porn rather mm-hmm. than straight porn on these kind of mainstream sites because these novels and the, these kind of sexual like literary texts they allow more uh, for, like for the imagination yeah right. and yeah. that doesn't like exc- it doesn't exclude female sexuality and female pleasure yeah. and most of the time I think the main audience for these literary texts are women mm-hmm. yeah so no, not just the audience but the writers the yeah. ones who actually writers. make yeah. this kind of literature yeah and do you think often that's fear of social judgment in the sense that is erotic literature slightly more socially acceptable than like tuning into something yeah I guess I guess it could be that but Mm. like I was really into erotic literature at some point so it was a phase like so I was into porn and then for some reason well now now I obviously know why it just wasn't good enough Mm. um (laughs) it sounds a bit weird well it just wasn't like satisfactory Mm. for me and um, yeah, so I started like reading a lot of kind of erotic literature, and that was a lot better. Mm-hmm. And but obviously because I didn't have the problem with porn to start with, like for me it was just the fact that that seemed to be more something more relatable, perhaps because of like the female authors or just the kind of slightly. Well, I definitely feel like we're coming to a conclusion that there's definitely a sort of a female perspective on porn which requires eroticism which is kind of uh more in the long term you know isn't so short and immediate and snappy um it's less degrading towards women it's more sensual it's kind of um that seems to be i don't know what 
we can come to a conclusion about. Yeah, I guess, but that that's the thing, like, because I think it's something we kind of brought up before with this whole thing of, like, you know, that for women, like, this kind of quick, like, gratification isn't good enough. I feel like it can be good enough if it's shown the right way. Okay. So if it's not just kind of filmed from a male POV where he fucks a girl in the ass and, like, immediately, like, comes... Like, if it's not that, but something a little bit more inclusive to the female sexual pleasure, then I feel like that's just as good. Mm. So I feel like it's just the way that, like, the narrative is constructed and the way that these women are portrayed. Yeah. yeah. The thing that I really like, not only in, like, the new film, the porn that we define as female mm-hmm. now, and that I see a pattern with uh, pornographic literature is the rhythm. Mm-hmm. It really um, reflects real sexual rhythm, like mm-hmm. in like of the sexual, of the real sexual act. While in mainstream porn, you see like um, like rapid changes of positions and just like until the guy comes and then it's over, which is I mean what people now assume is sex. Well, yeah. it's not. Uh, both literature and female porn actually. Um, depict this um this high and lows and changes in rhythm and this very like staccato rhythm Mm -hmm. of sex that is more realistic which uh also like follows the rhythm of your own pleasure like how our pleasure is like heightened and then turn uh turned down and again to achieve like a better orgasm at the end and i really like it because it is more realistic not just because of uh, like uh, how you see it from like how you perceive it for like real sexual actions mm-hmm. but also for your own perception of sex and I don't know in general like you, you can you can achieve things not just with the depiction of women but also with the editing mm-hmm. so we're talking film now yes <laughs> no you don't oh, oh, well, I don't know oh, oh, such I just I thought it was a good segue talking about um, you know uncomfortable positions we haven't actually talked about the experience of porn stars and kind of the dark side of the porn industry Mm -hmm. and about like how it can be really miserable and degrading for some not not just female porn stars but male porn stars as well but especially female porn stars Mm -hmm. just you you know i mean i'm guessing we've all seen maybe some documentaries on it like louis ferru's yeah hot girls um, wanted that one as well very famous um and yeah god they're depressing god they are so depressing to watch um and i feel like it's one of those weird things I mean so many like documentaries like that where you watch it you feel bad but you kind of move on if you know what I mean and nothing really gets yeah. done at the end of the day but it is actually really such a miserable lifestyle that they lead yeah I think it's really important I mean obviously you know you can't always be aware of these things but I mean when you do know I feel like it's important to be aware of whether the porn you're watching is ethically made yeah. I mean obviously that's the kind of you know but like it's a difficult I, yeah it's a difficult thing yeah but you, we do find. we do it for food yeah we do yeah. it for clothes yeah. and we don't do it yeah. for yeah. people that kind of, for like yeah. sex yeah. Yeah. leads That's us true. back yeah. to this thing where it, you feel like these porn sites should be held to standards that yeah. they're just not at the moment mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like uh, part of the reason the Pornhub is so popular is at least Pornhub does have kind of some rules and regulations and it kind of, you know, it stops anything like too rapey from going on and like... Yeah, um, but I... Uh, but still, stuff, yeah, slips no. through the cracks. And, yeah. it's, and I think actually these kind of like mainstream sites, because of their lack of like proper regulation in terms of like ethicality of the production or whatever, like the subject, I think that that's exactly why porn has such like a low... 
a low how do you call it lowbrow like yeah low like it's it yeah it has such a low status in terms of like art because porn can be an art yeah, yeah. yeah. it can be like you know it's it's a great idea for you know like the essence yeah. is i think it's really great and i mean i did i kind of shit on the famous like golden age of porn in the 70s or whatever but the reason it's called the golden age of porn mm -hmm. is because people were making actual films you yeah. know on film yeah. with stories and characters mm -hmm. um and um it just seems like as soon as basically the videotape was invented all that just went out the window yeah, yeah. just like digitalization in general i mean right, I okay, I it started with videos yeah it started with videos but it kind of mm -hmm. progressed i mean yeah i'd be interested like how much of like people even watch like porn movies anymore yeah. Yeah. rather than so, kind of just yeah the, just just like just yeah. nine minute clips yeah minute so clips i think like with that sum up everything so i wanted to talk about uh erica lust oh <laughs> yes oh, yeah yes. Yes. <laughs> Have you guys ever uh, seen it? We, we looked, but we didn't want to buy it, so I'm just yeah, like, As yeah. I said, if you subscribe to the newsletter, you get one for free, and then it's you get addicted for the rest of your okay. life. We'll do it when we get home. Okay. So I think... Are we? That was the... Patrick pulls a dick out, just like, oh, oh okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, but I think what her company is doing is she's bringing back this kind of porn as an art. Uh, so uh, she's making porn ethically and she's also making porn um, like seem as an actual like film, you know, yeah. it's, it's mm. high art. So for example, like she has wonderfully like, shot. Yeah, <laughs> first of all, like, you know, very high production values for porn. Which I mean, for some people it doesn't really matter, but you know, it helps to kind of raise the raise the status mm. of pornography, which is really important if we want to kind of make changes happen. Mm. And uh, another thing she does, for example, like uh, she has like actual like big screen screenings of new films that come out, which again, like it kind of goes back to the seventies that you were saying, where there were like you know these big screenings of porn films. Yeah. Um, although this this kind of takes us circle in talking about even though I think that's great mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to invalidate people who enjoy amateur porn for the very specific reason that it has no production value that it's supposedly anyway real people like real couples uh, you know making love and um, I think you know I don't want to invalidate okay. those people what do you mean? I understand but I feel like the majority of amateur porn that I've seen has like had the same values as mainstream porn oh. Um, yeah, I, I, disagree. I disagree with that actually. Okay. So I think a lot of these. I mean, again, this is from what I've seen. A lot, so there's quite. I mentioned there are. You know, there will definitely be. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a big statement to say that all your know, films, all um, this I'm category, sure. mm -hmm. all amateur, are all going to be kind of based around consent or non-consent. Mm -hmm. It's going to be big. There will be ones that you know do and don't. It's more, I think, narrative based. I think than actual categories in certain ones. But anyway, mm -hmm. but um, I think you know from what for certain ones, you know, there's a lot of ones where it's. It's a loving, you know, there's, they're a couple and they're just kind of, you know, basically experimenting with kind of the new form and kind of they're showing their kind of love. Yeah. Or any, I guess, projecting it to kind of a, a wide <laughs> yeah. 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 No, no, I agree. Yeah. There's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. if you go on the amateur category, I feel like there are, I, just in my experience, I feel like there are a lot of videos which are titled like, surprising my wife or like yeah. surprising my husband uh, I, I know there are like professional ones which I get it that, but like, an why way. does why is it the only option other than um, aggressive sexuality love and marriage and couple and necessarily being a couple does that like is is love what changes I mean like what makes it acceptable and not as that is not as mm. problematic do you get what I mean 
Well, it's like, then, is, is it the only thing that normalizes that love? Well, no, not necessarily. I mean, the thing is, is that we're, we're talking about, you know, people's sexual desires, which is obviously very complicated. Um, mm -hmm. And I think people want different things out of it. There are probably people who watch the kind of mainstream porn that we've been saying is uh, mm -hmm. bad, and they get sexual like gratification out of it for the exact reasons that we're saying it's bad. They probably like the fact that maybe it's like uh, degrading women or they like the fact that it's really fast and rapid and unrealistic because they like the fancy of that. But then there are people who watch amateur porn and they like the idea that it's real people, in quotes, uh, and that they're having kind of more realistic sex in kind of a realistic scenario, you know, someone's bedroom, whereas instead of like some stupid narrative where it's like a pizza delivery guy yeah. or whatever. Um, and, then the are, yeah, yeah. and then there are people who enjoy stuff like Erica Lust, where it's, um, you know, this high production value, it's more creating an experience, this immersive kind of sen sensual kind of experience. Um, I guess it's that, but also like another thing that I wanted to mention is this whole idea of uh, kind of looking at fantasies and stuff mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and one thing uh, that she does is she actually has uh, these volumes called X Confessions yeah. where basically women send in their confessions of uh, like sexual fantasies and she has a guest director making them into a film mm -hmm. which is you know like and yeah. she has a lot of uh, kind of different volumes of films focusing on very specific and very strange fetishes. Yeah. So like yeah. you know there is well, definitely like an exploration of these kind of sexual desires that we wouldn't necessarily kind of think of. Mm. But the people definitely have and I mean yeah. they're pretty hot. So I, I would say that kind of all of the above is valid in mm -hmm. in a way it's kind of <clears throat> I feel like it's inappropriate for us to kind of just start saying that like some types of mainstream porn just shouldn't ever be made because I imagine that there are people who get off on that kind of stuff, again, for the exact reasons that we don't like it or we don't approve mm. of it. I, I, mean, mm. I also just think that there are, again, I mean, I, I possibly, I think I've like probably repeated myself multiple times again, but, you know, there are, I can definitely think of, like, mainstream porn examples that have the things that I think, you know, Eric Lust probably does have. I don't think it is every single mainstream porn thing is, is yeah, bad. Yeah, I mean, of course I mean, it's, it's a I think there's some that have the good production values and have this kind of sense of, of you know, genuine, I don't know, whatever, you know, what Eric yeah. Lust has. And I mean, we haven't even talked about softcore porn as opposed to yeah. hardcore porn, which is the vast majority of what's on Pornhub. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, so it's, many variations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's, well, it's a big market. Yeah, 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 which is like my just. Wow, my brain is exploding. <laughs> that, that's the internet, really. That's yeah. like the big. Yeah, that's yeah. just the internet. Yeah. Think about the magazines, mm -hmm. the the like the collectibles. There, there, <laughs> there are whole like subreddits dedicated to different fetishes and mm -hmm. um, confession subreddits and everything. Well, how like big would you say the magazine? Is now I've, I mentioned. I don't know. Not, I'm, I really, I'm starting like. <laughs> yeah. Tell me how much. Tell me how much. How much you buy? How much you buy now, Alex? I've fucking. I've never ever bought a porn magazine or even like seen a porn magazine in real life. I don't think. Mm. Like that's that's how. Like, no, the thing because they're, they're covered in like news agents. They're well, like they're yeah, not exposed yeah, actually, in the in the magazine section. Is is again? There's something I don't know. I don't know the answer. Is are those magazines porn or are they just? Yeah, well, they're pornographic. They're pornographic, but they're not. Yeah. For example, I mean, you know, obviously you have the page three in the sun. Yeah, I was going to read it. Sorry, it's your Yeah, it's fine. I just, I completely forgot that the sun had page yeah. three, and I just thought about it, and it was like that's like a crazy thing. Wait, what is that? I don't know. Page three in the sun. They have so they have like a naked. Um, didn't they cancel that? Well, th this is this is the thing. They this is like really. I mean, the sun and just like in general, just. 
Terry yeah. Scum. They're, they are, they are like, on so many ways, they're just like Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> so many ways. But So what they did is they, um, they cancelled, and so there's such a great Charlie Brooker comment on this, I think, for, on one of the news sites. But anyway, um, so what they did, they cancelled this uh, page through the yeah. sun so, um, so they were going to stop this is the last one you'll mm-hmm. ever be and it started this huge debate as you know there will be in, in, in news about you know some people models you know certain models were saying oh yeah it's a shame you know certain men were saying it's a shame obviously and it created this obviously, the, obviously yeah, <laughs> that, you know there was creating this debate of you know and it creates this whole debate of you know some girls were like well or some you know models were saying well i'm ha- if i'm happy doing this then surely i should be allowed to do this and it created this huge debate um about it and then the sun just said it you know then the sun just brought it back like a week later and said it was a really? joke it was a wind up to build up like publicity oh my God. i thought they actually cancelled it no. that was the end of that well, I haven't, I haven't, because i remember I haven't like the sun recently, i remember so when there was <laughs> did you ever sorry the sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no i'm sorry i mean i haven't like seen like yeah. anyone comment on it recently yeah. because i remember but, when that was happening and i remember like there were huge protests Mm. And then, you know, they got what they wanted, and I didn't yeah, know that it just, came back. I feel... Uh, I, I don't know what's more shady. The idea that they did it on purpose to, like, hype it, or that they actually did it, intending to do it, saw the backlash, and then went back 180 on it, just like, ah, kidding. Like, <laughs> well, I think they actually meant... I think they planned it perfectly. Yeah, it's kind of... Because the thing is... And, and the thing is, I think it was, like, marketing, because I think, actually, the sun probably... You know, page three was kind of being forgotten about, and it was, right. it was like, and obviously, you know, it's a scumbag movie. It was completely, but it is a really kind of smart way of kind of kicking up. God, the sun. If, is you just... know, if you're going to look at it from a low ethical point of view, but from like mm-hmm. this, it was like a, a smart way of kind of creating this controversy <laughs> and getting people to then defend it. And you know, I mean, I'm the like, sun. The, sun the, so worst, hard. the worst thing is my grand reads the sun, oh, so I just no. know. You know why? You know why? <laughs> I mean, it's just cra- I, it's crazy that people still that that's still thing. I just yeah. I don't know if we're like going. See this kind of cringe that you, you this faces that you're making. These are the faces that I make in front of mainstream porn now. Yeah, <laughs> oh my God. guys. So like, I obviously I watched like this kind of porn like back in the days when I just started like with the whole porn experience. But then I had like a few years, the past few years, where I just wasn't really like interested in porn. Mm. Like I just didn't need it. And <laughs> get on high and mighty. Don't need uh, it. No, like I just no, felt like no. I just didn't no, no. need it. It just wasn't something. Sometimes I, it happens. You yeah, know? it just no, wasn't. No, no, interesting. You might be so sexually satisfied. And in those few years that I felt like I didn't need it, I like the feminist in me like really came to power <laughs> and uh, took over. And now, like recently, I decided to kind of go back to these sites, just you know, for the for the sake of it. And. Honestly, I was so disgusted when I just opened it, and I was like, I can't believe you actually watched this shit and, I, and, and got pleasure out got of it. Ple- yes, that's the thing. Because but like, it's not; it doesn't happen anymore. I put a video, and I was like, this is yeah. actually disgusting, and so I don't know what I did before. So, would you say it's a thing? So, so, I mean, it's not porn as a whole, but certain aspects of it. Is it something that you're suggesting that you potentially you outgrow? Certain. I'm not saying porn as a whole. You know, you you only you know you show much well, young, but certain aspects of it. I, don't, I think. I don't, sorry, I'm just gonna say that I think throughout these years that I wasn't watching that kind of porn, I became more like aware of my own mm-hmm. sexuality. Right. 
And then when you suddenly, you're so aware of your own sexuality and you watch this thing where you're basically like the woman who you're supposed to, you know, I'm a cisgendered woman. I'm supposed to identify. Well, I do identify with the other woman on the screen and she's being humiliated and degraded and she like, literally has no personality whatsoever. And she doesn't seem to feel real pleasure. Yeah, she's not even enjoying like what is happening to her. She's just moaning. She is, she is literally like you can see she's hurting. Like, how is that supposed to, you know, give me pleasure? Well, this is, I guess, the problem is that it's not, is that it appeals to men. Yeah, but the question is, how can a man be watching this and be, like, actually getting pleasure from it? Like, why? I'm not judging you if you do, even though I am a little bit. But (laughs) (laughs) but it's just like, you know, it's the concept of, you know, how you are supporting, like, this misogyny to Mm. an extent. To an extent. Like I, I don't um, want to be, I don't want to be too harsh because I do understand. Like I no, understand, I understand also because side, but we know, we know you, and we know that you are not a misogynistic person. That and you treat women with respect. So this is what yeah, puzzles me yeah, the most. Yeah. Well, this is what I was talking about. Is that I think the idea, the idea of the eat. The what? <laughs> it's the it, yeah. Oh, okay, no, I, I get, get it. You, I get you. The unconscious design. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, no, because I think you're right in that. Freud. I'm saying. So is you. Yeah. Image last year. I I maintain that the relationship between porn and reality is not like what you're suggesting it is. Mm-hmm. Where, where you're suggesting that I watch this porn, which I know to be misogynistic, and that makes me complicit in that misogyny. Uh, and I think to an extent, maybe, because I'm supporting it, sure. Yeah. But it doesn't make me a misogynist because I know that it's fake. And I think most people know that it's complete bullshit, fantasy, escapism, whatever, in the mm-hmm. same way that I know that a horribly violent video game is fantasy and escapism. It's just there, from my male perspective, yeah. to provide stimulation. Yeah, it's just, like, the question for me is, you know, like, if we watch a super misogynistic film, we're going to make a comment about it. I assume you would make a comment about it because it's something you would notice. Yeah. So why is it not the same with porn? Well, I think this is, I guess, a difference in how you view it in the sense that if I viewed a misogynistic film, I'd probably view it at a cinema or at home or mm-hmm. with somebody. And so, and it's socially acceptable for me to have a discussion about that and uh, talk about why it's so misogynistic. Meanwhile, porn, porn isn't really a thing that most people talk about in public. It's not really something that people admit to watching in public. And it's definitely not something that you should watch in public. Yeah. You watch it. You watch yeah. it. Please. You, the, I think I speak for everyone that the vast majority of people watch porn alone yeah. at home. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously couples watch porn and there's probably like... No, but it's still like a private... It's, still, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a very private experience. And I'm sure that a lot of like men who watch porn know that it's it's fucked up and that it's mm-hmm. misogynistic and that and they probably feel that like same guilt that you were describing. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it kind of gets them off, and so they just kind of push that down and just do you, okay. About do it. you feel do you feel like the problem is the fact that they're not given any options? So, for example, if you were given options where the woman like of a film that wasn't misogynistic and the kind of stuff that mostly is. Would you consciously go for the non-misogynistic category? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Because um, like, like, what I'm wondering is maybe the problem is just that, as we said before, Pornhub and these mainstream sites aren't really providing us with an alternative. No. I still think they... I've, uh, 
I think I that, that, yeah, yeah, it's something I'll give in. I still think that they will go for like... Do you think men just like... I think men are just like horrible. I think that like... No, no, but you introduced a very interesting point before when you talked about the fact that we don't talk about this and we don't share it with other people that not share it like like visually but don't like share it like in the in discussions we don't have discussions about this and we don't fear public's judgment Mm. because in that moment it's just us watching it so we don't fear other people knowing Mm. what we're watching and facing their judgment so the fact that they would still choose the misogynistic one is because there is no consequence to it like there's no direct mm-hmm. consequence yeah. to it there's no judgment if they were pressured if you were looking at them uh, where they were had uh, to click yeah. like which link they but wanted you know what? Like, they they would choose the non-misogynistic yeah. one because you would look at them but would. i feel like that is like i don't want to sound too radical but i feel like i will right now <laughs> yeah. so if we eradicate all of this misogynistic porn mm-hmm. All just of this mainstream, all that, just, just delete it, all, all of it, yes. <laughs> and replace it with something with better values that, you know, is equally as, like, sexy and you would get off with, like, equally mm. as good. Uh, I feel like that is, like, the only oh. way we can change the problem because, like, this kind of porn, what I feel like it's doing, it's, it's like saying yes to the inner misogynist within men and within Um, women as well mm -hmm. Um, and i feel like if we completely like delete it and just change the values you're gonna i think that that it's unfair to be honest yeah that's censorship i think deleting completely is unfair i think that variation is very important and option and choice are very important because you need both to see the difference okay you see but if i didn't say that no 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 like playing along with that i'll tell you what i think would happen and i'm gonna come off as really cynical i think pornhub would just come back yeah yeah it would probably come back even stronger that's kind of what i was talking about when i brought up you know 1970s golden age of porn deep mm-hmm. being basically exactly the same is that porn has always been this way and it probably will always be this way because unfortunately the vast majority of men just want that yeah because that's yeah. so impressive what i think is that choice and uh differentiation is very important and necessary because it's not going to because like i think female female porn this kind of porn uh that is not misogynistic it will not completely um, like substitute like misogynistic porn that we have now but i think it will have an interesting influence in that yeah to the extent of not completely changing it but but to some extent i don't know influencing it in a positive way i think it will have a positive impact but not necessarily substituting it completely because yeah. substituting it completely would be wrong because uh, men wouldn't see the difference. Yes, men would then, still have those pleasures and those desires. Yes, I agree, but it's the same as saying, like, why shouldn't we just make, like, child pornography mainstream? It's not the same. No, no, no. No, it's not the same, but, but come on, you can't say that, like, misogynistic porn is okay. No, I'm not saying it's okay. That's what I'm, I'm saying. saying. Obviously, it's not as bad as child pornography, but it's. I don't feel like it has any positive element that should keep it alive. No, yeah, no, and I agree. But what I'm saying is that there is no radical solution. It simply comes over time, if you know what I mean. In that, yeah. like, that's... Can't have it, Georgia. No, but obviously, a, if you delete it, like, from one day to the other you're censoring it and making it more desirable which yeah. is even more wrong yeah 
Like if the fact I, that no, of course, I'm not. I'm, I mean, obviously, no, 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 I can't no, actually but, do it. No, no okay, no, but it's like, like hypothesizing that. Yeah, it yeah. seems like you want there to be like an immediate change, and I'm saying it just probably. No, won't obviously happen. there won't. Like, it, like there won't be an immediate change. Immediate change. And you can't but, change people's perspective so fast. Yeah, yeah obviously, but I think but you I can have like an impact really, like, through time. Like the point is that obviously, as as you guys said before, like it's fueling something that is already there you know it's not like mm. this kind of misogynistic point like creates misogyny within men it just fuels it mm. yeah it's it's compromised between yeah you can't like you got to give some responsibility to the individual at the end of the day it mm. is compromised between the two yeah if someone watches rape porn but does nothing compared to someone who watches rape porn and then goes out and commits a rape at the end of the day the responsibility is still on the individual even if the porn admittedly played a role in committing the rape. Yeah. Um, I think that basically the best we can do is, um, I think people should start giving standards, like, instead of just, because, like, the UK government in particular has just terrible, like, laws in regards to porn. They basically want to pretend that it doesn't exist or they want to just ban all of it, basically. Mm -hmm. that's It's always been that way and they've been trying to do it for years. Um, And pushing it to a corner causes a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, And so I think there should just be, you know, they should just accept that it's going to exist and it always has existed and will exist forever. And so instead, like, standardize it, you know, make make sites like Pornhub and X Hamster or whatever, just, like, give them standards. Oh, X Hamster. God. (laughs) (laughs) That was ancient. Where's where's the hamster come from? (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to know. (laughs) (laughs) Probably someone's kink. (laughs) I don't know. No, because um, the, the thing is, like, once you start being aware of these things and you start being vocal about these things, and, like, this is how, like, female porn was born in mm-hmm. some way, because, like, women were more open to discuss about their sexual pleasure and the fact that they watched porn, so this kind of narrative was born mm-hmm. thanks to this. And if, like, we were more open about the existence and the development and creation of porn, maybe, like, it would get... it would better itself and it have better standards mm-hmm. yeah I just feel like you know like porn as we said like we all watched porn from a pretty young age and mm. my school didn't have much of like a sex education and I think most schools don't have a great sex education program and porn I think is one of the first kind of contact that uh, children and young teenagers have with sex before they even have sex. Yeah. And, and that, what that teaches you is going to stick with you. No, I agree. That's a terrible issue. And I think that, that that's, I think, partly on parents. Parents need to be more... Parents aren't knowledgeable enough about how children have access to the internet. And it's so easy to prevent your children from getting access to pornography. Yeah. And yet parents start like blaming the government or blaming porn yeah. itself. It's like, no, that's your responsibility. Yeah, but I yeah, think when, when, I think that... Children should have access, obviously not very, <laughs> children. not very young children, by children I mean, you know, 12 to 14 year olds, like we, like we were, yeah. Early teens Early should teens. have access to porn, but not that kind of porn. They should have access to ethical porn, to porn that teaches them real things about sex, to mm. porn that teaches mm. them to respect uh, the other person, to respect themselves. Even the stupidest thing, uh, porn that teaches to use condoms. Like it's the well, basic and most. Well, that's debatable. <laughs> some, that's very debatable. I mean, yeah. I, I think, I think, I think, like especially for for like that age, it's really yeah. important. No, no, so no consi- it's really important. Consi- it's just considering it's... that it is, you're you're saying that it would 
have the function no, of no, sex no. education. No, no, no. I agree that it, it should teach, but it's just like a lot of porn doesn't use condoms. And oh, yeah. Get, and get <laughs> off on the fact that it doesn't yeah. use condoms. I think it was you are taught about condoms, in, or at least for me personally, in school. Yeah. That's that one thing you are. I, remember, I don't remember putting them. Shiver down a banana. I'm, yeah, I remember putting them cucumber. on the cucumber. 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 Yeah, it's cucumber. <laughs> oh, but it, it's just so cringy at school. It's just yeah. You know, yeah. terrible. So, I, mean, I think I'll tell you what with the school programs the mm-hmm. terrible thing is that by the time it gets to that point in school you've already watched porn exactly. and so it feels yeah, stupid yeah. and like cringy when they're yeah. like teaching to roll a condom it's like oh you already saw a porn star doing but this. also like by the time they actually they do, they try do. to <laughs> by the time they try to educate you you've already learned like the wrong yeah. things and you think they are the right ones because yeah. what they teach yeah. in school is just well, like well, huh, I stupid because sex education <laughs> Yeah, what's the year? Did you start having sex education? So it came, I think it came in like three waves where you have it like at the end of primary school, uh, and that's like the bare minimum stuff where it's just literally telling you what sex is. And that's actually more, that actually for us was more talked about through the idea of procreation of babies actually that wasn't actually science. Because sex is only used for procreation. I think that was, that is like, I'm quite cynical, I'm kind of cynical about that. I don't think we'll see massive changes no. I think the only way we yeah. will see through we will see change is through how sex is taught in schools so yeah. I think that's the only yeah. way because this is the thing so primary school it's the first wave they teach you the biology of it then I got it at the beginning of secondary school and again it was just the biology of mm-hmm. it it wasn't until the beginning of sixth form that they or maybe like the end of secondary school that they uh, started teaching us the social aspects of it mm-hmm. like condoms and stuff and yeah. I was like it's way too late kids have already had sex at this stage yeah. and you're teaching it it's crazy but the thing is I think something that you said like about social aspect but like condoms aren't the only part of no, that no, you know that. like but I don't know did they teach you anything about like the social values that oh, you're no, supposed fine. to have of course not the teachers yeah, and like, that, just that's didn't want to be there they wanted to that's a problem yeah. like adults and parents should be more aware of these things they should accept that you know everyone has a sexuality well yeah. unless you're uh, it's the kind of thing in America that every single time I mean, I've had these stories in America I think John Oliver did a thing about it but how because in an ideal world, you know, this, we should be teaching these things. Obviously, you know, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a compromise of mm-hmm. when teaching, you know, not too early, but kind of mm-hmm. yeah. early, but I think we yeah, are teaching yeah. them. But then, then there is the problem that when these things are being taught to kids, there's all these complaints from parents yeah. and, you know, yeah. especially in America, I'm not sure here, but mm-hmm. no, there's a lot of complaints I mean, from pushy parents who kind of mm-hmm. want to, you know, you can't be teaching my kids that at such an early age, you can't be, they're no. perverted. It's going to get quite, like, political almost, but, um, like, at a more general point is that my mum's a primary school teacher and she says it's ridiculous how much parents expect schools to do all the lifting mm. and they just they refuse to accept that like mm-hmm. parents have to teach have their to kids yeah. because yeah. I remember so many times in school where school would tell me something and I just didn't listen or like mm-hmm. I wasn't li- I literally wasn't listening or I just like didn't care I didn't engage yeah. meanwhile every time my parents told me to do something I was like okay like yeah. you know yeah. have sex but then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then, okay yeah. okay sorry but then there's nothing if you don't really it's kind of weird because ideally that should be happening, mm. but then you don't really want your parents to like explain. No, there's yeah, that, but that's there's that, there's, that, there's that stigma exactly, and that's chicken that's the egg to chicken again. Um, and that's the stigma. Don't that's, you? I mean, I think like if you have if you see your parents as like authoritative figures that you actually respect and that you, I mean, you have a with with, with whom you have a good relationship, I think listening from them 
has another as a different value from a teacher, I think. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. Because it's more familiarity. And yeah. if they're telling you these things, it's because they care about you and yeah. because they love you and they want you to be safe yeah. and they want you to have a good like life experience. That's what I'm saying. I feel like there should be a balance where schools teach you maybe the science of it yeah. and, um, and technicality. The, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas like parents should be teaching you kind of the, the role. The yeah, yeah, the role yeah. section. Playing I completely your agree. But as you said yourself, most parents aren't willing to do that no. so I think no. schools obviously it should come from the parents also as like the second yeah, especially voice because you expect like the emotional as aspect like, of yeah, it as the repetition yeah. but I think it's it's like school it's as up a public to the service yeah. And, yeah. And they, are, they are entitled like not entitled like it's their job it's their choice, to yeah, educate yeah. children and not just about like maths and whatever like these kind of things as well taking it back to porn I think that it's also parents responsibility to an extent to make sure that uh, children are watching porn too young and then when they reach a certain age they should explain to them like you say that there is yeah. bad porn and there is yeah. good porn mm-hmm. and try and ex- that, that's why understanding the real life values of sex are important before you get yeah. Yeah. pornography exactly. and thrown at yeah. and I can think like a role of the parents obviously when they're old enough is not to exactly like you said to explain the division between porn not kind of mm. do the parents some parent, what parent thing would like completely say all oh, porn is awful yeah. all that's awful because that mm-hmm. just leads to you know be yeah. seeing as taboo and that kind of plays into the mm-hmm. you know it's the classic like dad sitting on the edge of your bed like you don't yeah. watch that don't, kind of don't, thing yeah. do you you don't you don't do it do you and it's like yeah no. it's it's I like, can't. You, you do that <laughs> yeah no it's mom <laughs> yeah I think my uh, most like the thing I'm most excited about when I become a parent is uh, getting, getting my uh, young teen a, a subscription to. Have you got like are you attached yes. to that business at all? You've got advertising. We want to please hire us. Yeah. We love you, Erica. We're gonna see like a behind the scenes as Polina behind the camera. <laughs> oh, <laughs> to be honest, to be honest, I think it's a really it would be a very interesting experience to direct uh, a porn like this kind of porn. Yeah. I think like also because one other thing that I love about this uh, this uh, new industry mm-hmm. is that it values a lot of female filmmakers and yeah. values their vision behind the camera. Also queer filmmakers. And queer filmmakers yeah. is so interesting because it has so much variation in the perspective and in the visuals yeah. that it's, it really is inclusive of everyone's desires. And it's not just a female perspective, it's such a complete and diverse perspective mm-hmm. that like, it, it really is overwhelming to some extent because it expands your sexuality, like the possibilities of your sexuality to and reaches points that you didn't even think about yeah. that like you find... Um, things that turn you on that you that wouldn't normally that you you don't expect yeah. so it's a really interesting uh, experience as a like to exp- explore your sexuality yeah. and it would be even better to like to be behind the cameras and directing it it would be so much fun it would just like playing out your se- your fantasies and yeah. make them making them like sort of real mm-hmm. but like cinematic basically we're gonna open our own production studio <laughs> yeah so this, this episode is <laughs> we'll have a kickstarter and we, and we need actors so <laughs> yeah okay well i think we had a very co- very productive episode. yeah, yeah. yeah.
live. It was a lot of discussion. Yeah. I must say this episode nearly didn't happen because uh, all of the equipment in our studio is broken. So we're recording we on an iPhone. But we did it anyway. Yeah. This Dedication. is how passionate we are about yeah. porn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it could turn out that just the sound recording is really off and like oh <laughs> not this whole hour this was a waste. All our sound was a waste. 15 minutes was Yeah, but it was a great discussion. Yeah. And as Erica Lust says, it's time for porn to change. Yes, it is. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Erica. Yeah. So uh, follow us on uh, Girl Talk Podcast on Instagram, spelled GRL Talk Podcast. Uh, follow us on Facebook with the same name and also Twitter. And we've recently moved to Mixcloud rather than Soundcloud. So you can find all of our previous episodes there. And we'll see you soon. See ya. Bye. Have a nice holidays. Bye. Bye. <laughs>